the relationship of love to the divine is know thyself. When you really like recognize, and this is what my belief is, is that the divine chose to come and be exactly you in your unique vibration this time around, the epiphany of your majesty is the greatest gift that you have to give back to the divine. And that relationship will show you how it wants to express itself as a divine being here on earth in this time. And that to me is the code and clue to all challenges and experiences is when you go down the thread and you keep deepening that relationship with yourself as that divine emanation, everything reveals itself to you. Welcome home to Soul Shine Radio. I'm your hostess, Lindsay Martin Ellis, embodied intuitive, spiritual guide, author, and speaker. This is your sacred virtual sanctuary where myself and heart centered guest experts will be sharing through a multi dimensional lens our innate wisdom, practices, transmissions, and activations to support you in navigating the integration of your spiritual journey and human experience. I am here to help you bring the pleasure, presence, and play back into your soul's evolution. To surrender into the great mystery so that you can embody your magic and become a magnet for miracles. And of course, to remind you of the gift in breaking wide open because it's the cracks that allows your light to shine through. It's time to unleash and radiate your unique soul shine because the world craves your radiant light now more than ever. You ready? Let's do this, love. Hello, hello, beautiful humans. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling so good. So I've been back in town from my travels for, oh my gosh, like, mm, I don't know, five days. And it was a bit rough. (laughs) And I remember talking to my friend Kate, who I stayed with when I was out in Denver, I was like, why do I still feel like shit? And I just wasn't feeling motivated. And what's funny is I kept noticing this self beat up pour through around like, why am I still like, there's so many things I have to do. Like there's a laundry and I'm still not unpacked. And you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm temporarily moving. I've temporarily moved into my dad's place here locally as kind of an in-between phase prior to moving to North Carolina. Chad and I are going up there in like just shy of two weeks. And so basically we sold our house and moved out. And then I flew out the next day, (laughs) which sounded like a really great, no, not the next day, the day after that. So basically the house closed on a Wednesday and then I had basically Thursday to pack and prepare. And then I left at 4 a.m. the following morning. (laughs) So I feel like I didn't have a moment to even process like what had happened. And then I came back and I was just so tired. I feel like I took the week to really rest and recover. And I started noticing like this beat up that I would have because 
there was all these, all this laundry and all this unpacking and all these things for my business that were kind of lingering. And I started to notice like, wait a second, if as long as I'm kind of moving the needle forward and honoring myself, then all is well in the world. And so I began to notice like, wow, I started to celebrate the things that I was accomplishing. I started to celebrate the things that I was taking care of. And then next thing you know, I wake up today and I was excited to mow my dad's lawn. So this is my second time ever mowing. So Chad taught me how to mow like the week before we sold our house. I was like, I'm learning to mow this damn yard. I don't want to leave this house never having mowed. And I mowed today and I got, you know, I basically, I don't want to say I force myself, but I know the things that ground me now, right? I know the things that help me feel nourished. And so I was spending a lot of time kind of like napping. I took a red eye back from California to Florida. So there was just like a lot of disruption in my sleep. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, I know the things that allow me to feel nourished. Like, stop feeling sorry for yourself, Lindsay. It's been five days. You know what to do. And I just like remembered who the F I was and put on my workout clothes, got a hat on, got some vitamin D, got a good sweat in. And then I just started feeling excited to do laundry and to keep cleaning. And next thing I know, like the entire house is clean. Everything is unpacked. All the laundry is finished. Everything feels organized. (laughs) Like I know where things are. So I think that was what was really challenging me is just not knowing where things were. And for a Virgo, that literally like kills my soul because I like to have things in their rightful place. Like I like to have access to things. I like to have order around me or else I don't feel like there's order inside. And now I'm like, so it's just this like little piece of stability that I created for myself that was like, ah, okay, I did it. And so this is just your reminder. Like one of the things that was coming through before sharing this little intro with you all before I introduce Alana Aviol in this episode together is like, I want to share, I want to make a commitment that every episode I share something that I wouldn't normally share with people. (laughs) Like I want to share something that petrifies the shit out of me. I want to share something that, um, yeah, that I'm just like, that there's still a little hesitation or fear of like, oh, if my family listened to this episode, would they judge me or would they not accept me or whatever, like what I lose um, a soul shine radio, you know, audience member, like these are seriously some of the things that I still think about. And so I think the humanness of that is so powerful. And this is one of the things that Alana and I talk about is like, that fear of my my full self expression. And when I was away, and I was at these various retreats, And I was in plant medicine ceremony while I was away. And um, just like what was coming up for me was fear of my authentic self, like fear, like really this fear of not belonging, of being rejected when I am in my true nature. And even just like sharing about the plant medicine, you know, like plant medicine has been a part of my awakening journey a little tiny bit. Um, There's been four different occurrences that... I've leveraged the medicine of sacred plants to support me in my healing and my transformation journey. And I've hesitated sharing that because there's this part of me that's like, 
oh, what are people going to think or wanting to be the good girl or people, right? There's like a lot of misconceptions. And there's also a lot of people who are in the plant medicine world that really aren't integrating and that are really um, abusing this medicine. And so I'm just like noticing myself hesitating, sharing certain things that have been a part of my journey. And I don't want to do that anymore. So has plant medicine been Okay, so I want to say like it's been on one hand, I can count the number of times that I've leveraged plant medicine in a very safe setting for me to have deep, deep, deep healing work, healing transformation. And it's like the quality is there. So like I at this moment in time, so this past week was the first time that I had a plant medicine ceremony in about a year and a half. And so I had a year and a half of integration prior to that. And and why I want to go there is <sighs> like that sovereignty piece. And this is something Alon and I talk about a lot in the in the episode too, like that sovereignty piece around we don't need anything. Like I don't need plant medicine ever. I don't need anything outside of self. And like we have these beautiful tools that are available to us on planet earth that absolutely can support us. And so it keeps coming back from, it keeps coming back to the come from like, what is my intention with implementing some sort of tool that is available to us on this planet in order to know thyself, right? Like I think about it like human design, gene keys, astrology, plant medicine, mentors, right? It's still like we have these things that support us on our remembrance journey that are absolutely available. It's the same thing like if you're a serial like I'm going to hire a mentor and just keep paying people all of this money because I want somebody to tell me what to do. It's kind of the same energy if you're like, I'm just going to keep having these plant medicine, like huge experiences and not integrate them and just continue to look outside of self for the answers. And I've been like apprehensive to talk about it. So this is like the thing that I'm sharing is, is, you know, like... I don't fucking have all of the answers. I don't know if I was, if it was written in the stars that I was meant to do this plant medicine ceremony, but I I did it and I weighed my options and I was kind of back and forth and it ended up being a beautiful experience. And I'm so grateful that I did. And I was really intentional and I was really connected and I was really in my body and it was deeply profound and potent and powerful and also like gentle and sweet and there was a lot of grace as well. And I don't want to get into like a lot of the specifics as I'm still integrating, but you know, I just want to be able to share the things that have supported me in having this serenity inside my being. Of course, also recognizing the humanness of, I literally got back in town and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like I just moved back in with a parent. (laughs) Like I don't have a home anymore right now. It's like all the conditioning of like, oh my gosh, like you had an asset and you had this investment and you were a homeowner and now you're like in this gypsy-like state of not having this this like material thing that the world wants to tell you creates some sort of status and 
I'm noticing like the thought that I have and like, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. Like, oh my gosh, I'm living with a parent or like, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my life? Oh my gosh, did I make a mistake? Oh my gosh, like, am I going to find my, like my perfect home? Am I, am I going to call in this home? Am I really supposed to be moving to North Carolina? And I notice the mental chatter, but then I'm like, oh, there it is again. And I've just shifted my relationship with all of that chatter. And I want to, I really want to presence that, like the internal chatter is real. The 70,000 thoughts a day is real. (laughs) And like the trust fall is there. And honestly, I can attribute the trust fall to like this deep work, like me saying yes to, for example, the plant medicine journey or the transformational retreat or the sacred travel trip to Egypt or whatever, like the 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 deep places that I go with myself when nobody is home and I am honestly like just in deep, deep, deep silence. You know, it's like that commitment to my remembrance, to my divinity, to the acceptance of who I am as a human, right? Who has personality and conditioning and has fear. And I just... I don't want to be afraid to share what I'm doing, right? And like, I just, I don't, you know, like, and to me, which, oh my gosh, what is Fantastic Fungi is a powerful, powerful, powerful documentary on psychedelics. And also, oh my gosh, what is it called? Like, it's called, I think I'm going to butcher it. How to Change Your Mind, I think it was called. I'll have to look up the documentary, but just becoming more aware of what we have available to us in the form of healing and moving away from this acute quick fix, like I'm going to pop a pill or I'm going to, right, like put a Band-Aid over this symptom and not actually get to the root of what is causing the suffering to begin with. And I already feel so liberated just talking about some of the healing modalities that I have experimented with and that have truly supported me in my path of liberation. And if me sharing this perhaps can allow somebody else to get a little bit more curious. I mean, there could be somebody listening to this episode right now that is truly feeling at a crossroads that truly doesn't know what step is next that is feeling like they've exhausted all their options and then perhaps I share something about plant medicine and it's like oh maybe maybe this is an option for me and I think the biggest piece is like there's so much dogma in the spiritual world which I think is kind of funny Right. Like there's so much dogma in in religion and in science and also in spirituality. And there is a lot of projections. There's a lot of people telling you that plant medicine is the way. And there's a lot of people telling you not to go that way. And it's just like everything else. Like, can you be your highest authority? And it is continually just continuing to listen to my inner compass of like, What is my intention? Like, what am I focusing my attention on? Like, who am I and why am I here? And and what am I 
looking to discover about myself and to access. And it's that piece of like making mistakes and getting it wrong and trying things on, you know, like I don't ever want to say like, no, I'm not going to do that thing or no, that thing is not for me. If I haven't even really, if I haven't even tried it, like I just want to be able to like embody it, imbibe it, like have it be a part of my reality before being like, yeah, that's not my thing. And perhaps that's what I'm here to support people with. So that was kind of my like, ah, I'm sharing a part of myself that is a part of my life. It's a small little nugget of my life. And, you know, the reality is, is that I am feeling a bit more sensitive. Like I nobody needs the plants, but I really don't need the plants because I just I know how to connect like I I just know how to connect and um, and a lot of what I've experienced in plant medicine, I've also been able to experience in my own, in my own, in the confines of my own home and that access is real. And um, I was at a retreat where there was a sound bath and I had like a very visceral experience. My body was moving a lot. Uh, the back of my heart, I could definitely feel like a massive clearing in the back of my heart. And there was a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, what are, what if people see me? Like, right, people had eye masks on and it was dark in the room, but I would like, there was all these thoughts of like, what if people see me or what are people going to think? And it's just noticing this constant thematic of like, oh, people are looking at me when I'm in my full power. People are looking at me when I'm connected with source because when I'm connected with source, uh, my body moves. Um, I make sounds. I breathe. I like I, I can I move energy and my body just does things. And I am so like there's a part of me. I don't want to say it anymore. I'm claiming this isn't my story anymore. There's a part of me that's like, still afraid of showing that part of who I am with the world. And what I always preach to my clients, and I want to continue to preach that, like to embody that, is like, it doesn't matter what it looks like, what matters is how it feels. So in that sound healing, I could viscerally feel that there was a part of my heart energetically that had a blockage. And so my body intuitively knew what to do, how to move, how to be to regulate my nervous system to clear what was impeding that, that, you know, energy center. And it may, I don't know what it looked like to the outside world, but I know how it felt like I was basically being guided of like how to move certain parts of my back and just like allowing this fluidity to emerge and eventually I just allowed that voice within to become louder than the part of me that's like I'm afraid of how this looks I'm afraid of being judged oh my gosh what is society going to think and so that part of me that was afraid of being who I am was still there but then I just let like the innate natural, powerful part of me, that all-knowing part of me, that otherworldly aspect of me, just blanket over the part of me that was afraid of being seen. And after that experience, I got reflected back to me that like there was a point when I was doing that where all of the energy 
went to that part of the room that I was in and like the whole room shifted when I finally allowed that clearing to happen in the back of my heart. And it just feels like I just want to share that because, right, like that wasn't a performance. I wasn't doing it for anyone but, but for me. And I was I was actively participating in my own healing. And yet as a byproduct, the collective in the space shifted. And it was such a reminder and a mirror of what it means when we're on our own healing journey and as a byproduct the people around us shift the collective right heals and I feel like there was so much of this trip that it was like I just want to be who I am and I want to be accepted for who I am and if I'm not accepted by those around me, it's okay because I accept myself. If I don't, if I don't feel a sense of belonging by the masses, it's okay because I belong to myself. And the reality is, is after being immersed in so much energy and so many people, like so many retreats and gatherings and staying with different friends and being around these people that truly see me for who I am, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am not alone at all. (laughs) I'm surrounded by beautiful beings who love me and accept me in my fullness. And that was what this trip was for me. And it felt like a very celebratory and very pivotal trip for me in order to start this next chapter. So it just feels good to be like, Okay, every episode I'm doing it. I'm sharing one thing at least that is like, this fucking scares me. (laughs) And I want to talk about a few other things like, and dad, if you're listening to this, I love you. Like, I kind of want to talk about the things that are triggering me this week and the things that, um, yeah, just some of the things that have come up for me. So my dad picked me up from the airport in Orlando when I got back in town and he, and I went like, mind you, I had taken a red eye. I barely slept. And he asked me if, um, I don't remember exactly how he worded it, but it was something along the lines of like, he wanted to make sure that I wasn't like dragging Chad to North Carolina. And he had already asked me this a handful of other times. And I just was like, I started to get really sad like if my own dad thinks that I'm like dragging my husband to North Carolina like how many other people think that I'm just like pulling my husband from his environment and like taking him somewhere that he doesn't want to go and I remember being like dad I love you and you've asked me this three fucking times already and I'm annoyed that you keep asking me and I've already answered this and like, I can't believe that, you know, and I was just was like, I can't believe that you would think that I would do that. And, and I know that it was coming from this place of love and like the dynamic. It's so funny because like people see the dynamic of my husband and I and like Chad is so easygoing and he's so chill and he really doesn't have like a ton of opinions. But when he does have an opinion, like he makes it known to me. Also, when I'm out of line, he makes it known to me. <laughs> like, I just feel like sometimes people think like even the closest people in my life think that like 
Um, Chad's just like a pretzel and just kind of like lets me do whatever I want. And it's it's so much deeper than that. And dad, if you're listening to this, I love you. And I know you didn't mean any harm by it. But like, I think I just got really my feelings just got hurt because I'm like, oh, my gosh, do people actually not see how my beloved and I actually are and how we support each other and how like it's a known thing that I am inspired. I am a dreamer. I take risks. And maybe if I wasn't in Chad's life, maybe he wouldn't have made such a drastic move. But that's where I'm calling him forward. And my husband is so grounded and he's so practical and he's so simple and he teaches me the the simplicity of life and he brings me back to reality and he reminds me of what's important. And I always say to people like between the two of us, we make up a whole person. And, you know, it was funny because like I was I was triggered when my dad asked me that. But I feel like like I took a deep breath and I just was like, Dad, I love you, but you've asked me this a bunch of times. And and he was like, well, I guess I forgot. And I was like, well, it still must be in your subconscious because like you keep bringing it up. And there was this part of me that like I think the old me would have been afraid, not afraid. That's not the word. There is a part of me that would have felt like, oh, my gosh, um, this person that I love, like my father, like thinks thinks something that's not true about my relationship with Chad and really what it did was and it wasn't instead what it felt like inside was like oh wow people don't actually see Chad and I for like the beauty that our marriage is like the degree at how like divinely perfect our partnership is of what I believe is to be like the form of sacred union between the divine masculine and divine feminine and how we're like continuing to call each other forward in those ways. And so I just it feels also important to share like I don't hold my like I don't I'm not mad at my dad. I don't hold anything against him like everyone's entitled to their opinions and like there's obviously something there where people are thinking like oh Lindsay must be driving this ship right which I totally get like I'm a driver I'm a dreamer um I'm moving through massive 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 control and what I can assure you of is this is 100% you know co-created between my husband and myself, we are scared shitless and also so excited. And it's something that we've talked about on so many occasions to the point where my husband was even getting annoyed with me because he was like, Lindsay, how many times are you going to ask me? Like, I would be like, are we doing this? Are we doing this? Are we still doing this? And he'd be like, why do you keep asking if we're still doing this? I'm like, I just want to make sure we're still on board. And he wants it. And I love that he wants it. And I get to be okay if people don't understand. I get to be okay if people actually like don't fully understand the intricacies of my marriage. I get to be okay, right? Because I don't know, maybe there's parts of my relationship that Chad and I don't show the world. And I loved that I could just be like, dad, this frustrates me. And like, I don't want you to ask me this again. And like, I promise you, like... This is 100 percent 
a decision that we both made for each other. And I don't need to like prove that to anyone. And I like really want to stand on this mountaintop and share that like we're doing this. And this 100%, I believe, is written in the stars for us. And our lives are going to be completely transformed because of it. So that was my second piece of like sharing something that frustrated me (laughs) that I got triggered by. But it was like a weird kind of trigger. It was more just like, like, it makes me sad that my own father doesn't even see the beauty of my like marriage with my husband and like how, um, like just how much Chad and I see each other. Like I can't even tell you. And every time that I'm away from him on a trip, I miss him even more. And like he misses me even more. And like we just I feel every week that goes by, we're just grounding in even more and more to the love, like the, that unconditional love that we are. And it doesn't mean that we don't fight at times and it doesn't mean that we don't butt heads, but like we see the perfection even in the butting heads because it means that we're evolving and, and we're growing. And then why I'm sharing this is I was being tested this week. Then Chad proceeds to tell me that he like ran into someone who was like, be careful, Chad. My ex-wife traveled alone. And <laughs> And now we're divorced because she was out gallivanting. And Chad told me what this person said to him. And I was like, all fired up about it. And I was like, gosh, people in their projections. And Chad's like, who cares? Like, I don't fucking care. I trust you. And I know how important these trips are for yourself. And he's like, it makes me miss you. And it makes you miss me. And he's like, and I'm about to go on my my buddy trip, like with my guy friends. And I just am like, oh, there Chad goes again, reminding me that he just doesn't get fired up with people's projections and opinions. It is literally one of my favorite things about him. And I'm like, how do you not get so fired up? Like he can just let somebody share their perspective and he just cannot take he's like inherently doesn't take it on as his where I'm just like. Just because this one guy had his own experience that turned out poorly for him. Now, every woman who travels by herself is like cheating or I don't even know if she cheated, like whatever it was, whatever caused the rupture in their marriage. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm being tested again and again and again. Like people are going to have their opinions. People are going to not understand you. People are not going to understand your marriage. And my mother-in-law, I talked to her today and she was like, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if you guys are married, like something happened. Like she said something about Chad's communication because he's not the most communicative at times. And, you know, she said that before. And I used to get frustrated by it, like. Again, I think there's a lot of projections because I am independent. I do like to travel alone. Like Chad and I are so solid in our marriage that we trust each other and probably do things in our marriage that some wouldn't do because there is a lack of trust. And I'm like, and Chad is so good at not answering to other people. Like he just doesn't care what other people think. And I'm I'm learning to let that go more and more. Like, what do I care if my mother-in-law or my dad or one of Chad's acquaintances do- doesn't understand something about my marriage? Like, as long as I know the truth of our marriage, as long as I know the depth and the richness and 
how much love I have for this man. Like, listen to my voice right now as it's getting shaky. Whew, the love I have for this human is getting stronger and stronger by the day. And I think it just makes me sad to be like, holy shit, people don't even know me. <laughs> people don't even know him. And that's okay. Like, can I just keep showing up in love? Can Chad and I keep doing our thing? Like, I'm going to keep traveling. I've traveled by myself before Chad, when Chad and I first met. <laughs> Seven years later, I'm still doing it. And people are going to have their thoughts about things and people are going to have their opinions. And I'm like, I don't want their life, though. I want my life. Like, I, I get to not take that on. And it is such a practice. So those are some of the things like, I don't know why, but I'm feeling called to just share the things that like triggered me this week. And also the things that like, maybe I used to hold like, for example, you know, like I wasn't really one for grudges, but like I mentioned um, Chad's acquaintance, my dad and my mother-in-law and like, I don't think any less of them. I'm not mad at them. I'm not like trying to prove like I'm not sitting here like, how am I going to prove that I love this man? Or like, how am I going to prove that I'm trustworthy? Or how, or, or how am I going to prove like that I can fit in your box of what it means to be a woman or a human or a wife? And now I'm just like, yeah, I'm not taking that on. Like that's happening through their filter, through their lens. And um, it's all good. It's all good. And like, what if I just keep being myself and Chad keeps being himself and together we keep getting stronger that over time, like our aura and the way that we show up for each other and the way that we show up in life actually communicates the depth and the richness and the potency of our marriage to these people just again as like a byproduct and so like get and so it it gets me out of proving energy and I'm telling you my husband is like I swear I've never met someone who is so humble and so just like yeah I just he's never taken on the opinions of other people it's like obviously one of the reasons why we're together because that's so much of my medicine is is learning from him through that lens oh my gosh <sighs> can I just take a deep breath for a moment <sighs> like you know because there were parts of me that were maybe like afraid to share things that were going on in my personal life because I was like oh I don't want this family member to hear me but like to be able to say this person said this thing to me just like out of concern or out of love or whatever it is, right? Like legitimately that acquaintance of Chad was like, I'm looking out for you, man. Be careful. <laughs> I just was like, what in the actual fuck? And Chad just like let the guy do his part and share what he was going to share and then like forgot about it and then shared it with me to kind of chuckle. And I don't know, like I want to be able to have this like lens as the observer of what is happening in my life because I feel like I've been holding back and 
for me to really go deeper with you and for me to really like give you the goods and for me to really go all in, I want to be able to be like, oh yeah, my sister said this thing or like my best friend said this thing or like Chad said this thing or what, or I like had this thought without feeling like without worrying that the other person is going to think that I'm upset with them or like think any less of them like truly this is coming from a place of like oh wow I see the medicine of why this like why I co-created my dad for example saying that thing about like chat you know like him concerned that I was like pulling chat along (laughs) you know the journey or whatever and I see like how I perfectly co-created that and how um like, I don't need even my immediate family. Like, I I actually don't need them to get me. And I don't need them to get Chad. All I got, all I know is like, it's Chad, Luna, and I. <laughs> Hopefully Luna's down for it. I've communicated it to her as many times as possible. But like, I know that Chad and I, like, we are doing this together. And sometimes I'm scared shitless. And he's like, Lindsay, snap out of it. And vice versa. And I don't know. There's just like this liberating feeling of like, what if we could all just be like, oh, this person brought this thing up to me. Here's how I internalized it. Here's how I was triggered in the moment. Here's how I became the observer after feeling it and meeting it and recognizing where it came from. And here's what I was able to do with that information and show up in love, like to not to not be in my wound Like maybe my dad brings it up again in a month and I'm just like, oh, dad, we've gone over this a few times. Like and like there's not even a wound there anymore, a trigger there because I've just like let it go. Right. There's a part of me that feels misunderstood by the outside world in my relationship with my husband. And there's a part of me that still cares. Chad could give two fucks. He doesn't give a shit. Like, especially on my whole awakening journey and like how much I've changed, there's people who don't understand me and are like, why the hell is Chad married to this woman? And like, but he gets me, he knows me, he sees me, like he understands me at a soul level. And so I'm like, ah, this is why I chose him. I chose him because there's no judgment. I chose him because he's showing me how to be grounded in this reality to simplify how to view life to be practical and to not take on other people's stuff because people are going to judge you no matter what. People are going to have their opinions no matter what because it's their lens, it's their filter, it's their life experience. (sighs) So good. I could literally keep going. So this episode with Alana, reading your reality and realizing your dreams, this one was a fun one. There's a we talk about a near death experience she had in a motorcycle accident, a soul walk in. If you're not familiar with a soul walk in, you're going to learn a little bit about that. And we really go deep on limitlessness, all things human consciousness. We talk about her travel. She was immersed in various indigenous cultures and has traveled the world. And yeah, it's a pretty deep conversation and there were so many synchronicities about the actual topics that emerged 
from both of us. And I would be like, we would talk about a topic and I would say, oh, I just taught this yesterday. And she'd be like, oh my gosh, I just taught this yesterday too. And just, we talk about the difference between empathy and compassion. We talk about sovereignty. We talk about, there's so many different things that we touch on. And so much of it is about like our embodied divinity in our human experience. And I want to, the reason why I wanted to go more in like the taboo a little bit is because there's a couple things like NDEs and soul walk-ins. Like I want to have people on the show more that are expanding our perception of reality and truth and what it means to be a human and to like keep stretching the edges of our perceived reality. And this is why I love Alana. I love what she shares. And hmm, is there anything else I want to add to that? Yeah, she's just a beautiful soul with a lot of wisdom. Definitely check out the show notes. You can find her on Instagram and TikTok. You can also check out her website. And she also has a membership called The Mirror Dimension, which she talks about as well. And let me think if there's anything else. So thanks for listening to me. Like my heart's racing because I'm like, oh my gosh, I talked about all these things that I would normally not talk about. But this is me practicing. I want to be myself. I want to be unfiltered. I want to be unhinged. I want to share the things that trigger me and the things that go on behind closed doors from this place of neutrality, from this place of like, yeah, I'm a human and sometimes I get my feelings hurt and sometimes I feel misunderstood and I still love the people in my life and I still trust in all of these co-created relationships, which we talk a lot about in the episode with Alana, how people are in our life to mirror back to ourselves, the places within that we're still not liberated, right? So, so funny that I had all of these people come into my field this week to be like, right, this like there's something with my marriage, right? Like the outside world has an idea of what my marriage is. And it like really hurt me because I'm like, I mean, there's sometimes where I just look at Chad and I just want to cry because there's so much love in my heart for him. Like it's my heart is exploding because of how proud I am of him because of how excited I am to start a family. Like I literally look at him and I'm like, he's going to be the best dad. Like I watch him with Luna. I watch him do dad things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's so gentle. Like he's so patient. And I just start crying. And then people will be like, are you dragging Chad's ass to North Carolina? And I'm like, "Ah!" (laughs) like, you don't even understand. And so I think what I'm noticing just to close and articulating this to all of you is helping support me in like the old me there was a part of me at my consciousness where I would get triggered and I would be like you don't know me right like you think you know my marriage but you don't now what I'm feeling is more like oh my gosh like I have so much love in my heart for my partner (laughs) and like we're evolving so much individually and together and like oh I wish that I could show you a little glimmer of what it's like to be in this partnership and to feel seen by another human in this way and to, and to like really 
anchor that the love that my husband and I have is so pure. And I realize the gift in that because there are so many partnerships and marriages that they're settling, that there's discontent, there's no communication, like whatever it is, getting in the relationship for the quote unquote wrong reasons. And that could be potentially where a lot of the projections come from. And so I'm just noticing this piece of like, oh my goodness, I wish that people could just really see the purity of what I have here without the masks that they're wearing. And perhaps me sharing this podcast episode is allowing me to be one step closer to that because there might be something where I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm protecting what Chad and I have. So maybe I'm actually not showcasing it to the to the external world. You know, that's a thought too. And this is where like when we're able to like feel and move the energy and the emotion so that we can observe, then it's like all the possibilities. I'm like, oh shit, was this like a protection me- mechanism that I, like a, like a shield that I put up? in my subconscious so that I wouldn't get hurt, quote unquote, like, I don't know. And so these are the things that I'm committed to. Like, I want, you know, I want to not have to prove to the outside world what I have with my honey. And like, what would it look like if I could be like, so just myself with my partner where there's no hiding and we're just like claiming our stake in the ground of like this is our marriage and again not performing or putting it on display but just not hiding and like what if that's what the world needs to settle into sacred union sacred union a bit more and so just that's something that I'm going to ponder after this 44 minute ramble, (laughs) like, oh shit, is there something deeper? Is there something deeper here? Am I hiding an aspect of my partnership? So again, like, it's not that I'm going to give everything away related to my partnership. There's things that get to happen behind closed doors, but like, where am I hiding? Where am I still hiding? right? I can still be private, but I no longer want to be hiding. That's the difference. Like I can still be private with self, private with my beloved, but I don't want to hide anymore out of protection or whatever else. I would love your insights on this. (laughs) Definitely check out the show notes. Can't wait for you to drop into this episode with Alana, reading your reality and realizing your dreams. All the ways to get get in touch with her are in the show notes. Would love to hear what's opening up and I'll catch you next week for another episode of Soul Shine Radio. Much love. Welcome back, everyone, to Soul Shine Radio. I am super stoked today. I have the glorious Alana Aviel here today. If you want to say hello to our beloved community for a brief moment. Oh, hi, blessed hearts. It's so beautiful to tune in with everybody today. It's my honor and just, yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, so Alana and I are newly acquainted, at least in this in this incarnation, and I was very moved when her and her team reached out to me to be on the show. 
I was moved by her life experience and some of the hardships and transitions and just juiciness that you're serving up from what life brought you to teach you and and to to bring forth during this moment in time. And I'll just share briefly that Alana is a renowned channel, a guide and strategist with who developed and teaches profound practice for creative genius, life mastery and autonomy. And there's so much more, but maybe let let our community know a little bit more about who you be in the world. And then we'll get into the juicy details. Yes, thank you. So, I mean, whenever I kind of talk about my journey, I love to talk about like the extremes. I feel like I've had a really interesting um, journey that dove into living a life kind of behind the scenes in the matrix with like, you know, corporate worlds, CEOs, businesses, and all the like. But then um, spirit plucked me out of that universe and put me in the forest where I really got to extract the opposite scale of the energy, which is the nature vibrations and traditional practices and ceremonies. And now I've kind of come out of both of those extremes and, and, and blending them together to really see, I feel like what our lifestyle at this time on earth is supposed to be like, it's a hybridization of the creation and the doing, but also remembering ourselves as beings of the earth and utilizing the earth energies and ceremonies to bring ease and simplicity to all the dreams and creations that we're here to make. Yum. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've been really playing in the frequency of divine will, right? Like being an empty vessel and merging of the, the, the divine feminine and masculine poles that reside within all sentient beings. And right. Mm -hmm. It's like when we're so burned out with the unhealed masculine, right. It's like, we just, it's like, we just are like, how do I receive, right? We're usually in such a nervous system, shifting state, learning how to feel again, connect and be still. And then it comes a point when you're like, oh, I get it, right? It's like mm -hmm. that emptying mm -hmm. in order to fill up again with consciousness, with like the spirit of life. And that's, that's what I'm, mm -hmm. I'm receiving from you. So I'm intrigued because we're going to talk about your, what we'll call potentially a spirit-led sabbatical with these indigenous cultures, but you did have a near-death experience from a motorcycle accident. And I do think that it it would be supportive to ground in this experience, what happened. Like you can go all in, you can go as deep as you want. Um, and then obviously including the transformation that happened on, on the other side. Indeed. Yeah. So I actually didn't exist on earth before that motorcycle accident. It was a completely different soul that preceded me. And so, you know, over time, I've come to learn what the contract was what the agreements and the purpose of her life leading up to where I kind of jumped in. And what I have found is that, you know, she came and ran her life, um, through to its highest gift, I've come to learn recently that her departure in that death served great purpose to her ancestors. Um, and so it's been a really just deep honor to witness what it was that she had done prior to my arrival. But also, I can't be more in awe and gratitude of all of the gifts that she brought to my arrival to come and do the life purpose that I'm serving and living now, which 
is a very kind of intradimensional extraterrestrial uh, energy that I bring with me because it gives me a point of access into the life experience that doesn't come through the entirety of childhood, you know, growing up, um, school, all of those deep, deep, deep impressionable experiences I don't have ownership of in my experience. And so it's been really interesting to learn about the somatic part of the energy and the experiences in the body um, that preceded me, right? And also what I'm bringing anew from my arrival um, at age 25 um, was when she departed. And so it's really just, I've been so grateful to see from that point of view and how different it is to come in with that perspective and how it's allowed me to serve from a different angle. Um, I really make relationships with people's higher self and I find ways to clear the difference in perspective from our conscious living self and that higher self, because I can see from, you know, the place that kind of uh, uh, doesn't have that uh, childhood memory doesn't have that, you know, journeyed uh, earth um, impression, I guess you could say. I feel like the earth and the earth practices kind of impress themselves on you as a soul from a young being. And so when you can kind of look at it without that impression, other things become possible, other ways become possible, other ideas become possible. And that's what I'm so grateful to have come with. Oh my gosh, I have so many questions. It's funny. I feel like there's a name for this, right? So this is like, there's a name for when, right? Like where a new soul comes in during an existence. What's the name? It's escaping me at the People moment. People call it walk-in most walk often. In. Is yes, walk-in. Walk mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I first, when I was in Egypt was the recent, was a year or two ago. I can't remember. I have no concept of time anymore. Somebody was talking about this and my mom, I was so intrigued. And it was like the first that I had ever heard of this, right? Because in my limited, like lower octave mind thinking view, it was just like, oh, we are born. And like, this is the body that we carry throughout our entire incarnation. And then I was like, so curious. You're the second person I know that has had a walk-in experience now and the invitation, because what I feel so drawn to with this podcast and where it's evolving into is the taboo. I learned mm-hmm. statistics that one in every four women want a safe space mm. to talk about the taboo. And the taboo wow. is really just, and I would imagine in this community, the statistic is higher where I want to create a platform where like, this is an edge for me. Like my mind has so many questions and it's like, well, what do you mean? Like, that's got to be confusing for you, like to be in this body. And like, I have so many questions and it's like letting go of what we know to be true. Like letting, yeah. like, it's like, even if there's resistance, even if it's like, I don't get it. Can we just be like, huh? What if it is? What if this is a possibility? Because mm-hmm. what starts to happen is like you said, there's an emergence, like there's a rediscovery and we're open to new possibilities where Mm -hmm. a lot about what we're going to talk about is reading your reality. And we, we can't expand our reality and open ourselves up to new potentialities 
when we're so stuck in what we know to be true and with what society has taught us or modeled to us or what we've read in a book or science or institutionalized religion or whatever it is. So I didn't know that. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many questions that I have. So I don't know if there's anything you want to expand on there, but these are the conversations that I feel are important to just bring to fruition to blow and blast our minds wide open in terms of what is reality and what is truth. So thank you. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, it just kind of uh, leans into the design of what the walk-in experience brings is you start from a place that would be somebody's greatest fear, death, right? And so when you embark into the journey of life um, on death, energy, you get imbibed with a certain degree of fearlessness. And this is a common theme amongst people who have had NDEs is there is a certain kind of uh, skew to the fear of death or some of the fear-based aspects of living. And so when you start from that point of view, some of those um, friction causing ideas or even the taboo energy doesn't feel like yours in itself because you haven't lived through that yet. And even if you do, you come with the, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, the stake, put me at the stake or whatever, you know, like it, that initiation is really what's so intriguing to carry that into activating the invitation for other people to contemplate that limitlessness within their own experience. And while it can be, uh, it can feel like a far stretch at times, you know, when I'm working with clients that are in trauma that originates from uh, a young childhood, the first, you know, little while that I was learning that practice was really intriguing to me because um, I would come from a place of compassion but not so much have that empathic experience of it. And I learned the difference between empathy and compassion with great measure. And I feel like that's afforded me to hold a very extreme, uh, you know, cases of trauma and reflection for people because I can hold that center to reflect to them their highest divinity, even when they're delivering to me the darkest experience of their life. And so I think that there's almost like a scalar reference to it where um, the limitless energy is groundable um, because of that nuanced um, injection midstream, I guess you could say. Oh my gosh. (laughs) The synchronicities are amazing. I was just on, I had a Gene Keys reading. I was doing a Gene Keys reading for someone yesterday and her life's work sphere was moving from turbulence to compassion through the path of humanity. And then right after that, I was on a group coaching call with several of my clients and someone was talking about compassion, but almost changing her mind and what she knew to be true. That was for her sovereignty because of how the other person responded. And I literally mm-hmm. talked about the difference between empathy and compassion, which I've actually never, it's never come up before. And now we're here. So I would love to hear from you. What is your definition? What is the difference between the two? Yes. Well, I mean, you're talking about synchronicity. I was just having a class about sovereignty yesterday, and this was a theme that was present (laughs) in it as well. 
So we're definitely on the same vibration here. Um, this is really not, uh, this may not land for everybody, but I'm going to speak it in the truth that I found. I actually believe that the vibration of empathy is very divisive, which a lot of people might, that might scramble their brain because they're like, no, this is my love language. This is like the way that I embody my care to others, right? But as I've come to learn the energy of empathy, it is uh, attuning to a more kind of viral nature to it, right? So like anger, for example, has a very viral nature. Somebody gets angry and they believe that their anger will reduce when they make somebody else angry with them, right? But it actually has a virality to it. And empathy can be that way in the same uh, strain because you're actually um, going outside of your individuality as different kind of rays of the divine to then believe that you bringing that union through your empathy is going to elevate them back into their divine remembering. But I don't believe that is true because you have the unique position of being outside of their experience to a degree to which they may not be able to access and remember in that moment. And when you're giving compassion through reflection to them that they are an emanation of the divine in their full light, in the moment that they're feeling their worst, that being outside of the empathy and being in the compassion energy that you may simply give them a glimmer reflection of their own light in the time that they need to remember it the most. And so that is what I personally believe is the difference between empathy and compassion and why I'm like really always ecstatic to um, draw into contemplating our love being delivered in so many different ways because it's not always designed to be in empathy, but it's a social mechanism that we've normalized mm -hmm. and are still kind of unraveling, I believe. Oh my gosh. I love this. I, it's so funny because to me, it's about like the, the resonance that the word holds. And so like, I don't use the word boundary anymore. And I talk about it a lot on my podcast because I use discernment because mm -hmm. my boundary for me was coming from a wound and it's, that's where mm -hmm. most of the collective is living. And so mm -hmm. I do know people, however, that can you hold the frequency of the word boundary coming from mm. neutrality and coming from the heart. And this is the same piece. Like some could use empathy and compassion interchangeably if mm -hmm. they have that understanding and recollection of the, the right, the fine tuning of, am I, am I dishonoring myself? I'm so fired up about this because it's like crystallizing so many things for me, right? Am I dishonoring <laughs> myself to have someone else feel more at ease or am I nourishing myself through wanting to protect someone, right? Or wanting to mm -hmm. save someone. And is that really about me instead of about the other person? So I agree mm -hmm. that for me, empathy still carries uh, like in our human genome, a wound that is like you said, it's very viral. It's very much about making someone else feel better, which ultimately is about us because we don't want to ruffle feathers. We don't want to have conflict. We don't want to like create mm -hmm. any waves in relationship. And compassion to me is divine mother energy, right? It's mother Mary energy. It's Kuan Yin energy, right? It's about this 
it's just, it's a, it's in your auric field. Like you don't have to necessarily say anything. It's a, it's a feeling. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm, thank mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. for that. Thank you for that. And this is where, if you're listening, right. It's like, if it's the word, like p- find the word for you, like we're, what we're talking and speaking to is, can you still be so in your body and so connected to what's true for you and honoring yourself while being in relationship with other, that's what I'm receiving from what you're expressing. Indeed. And, you know, kind of circling back to the topic of sovereignty, this also comes into the reading and creating your reality is that I believe that our uh, experience inside of consciousness is so sovereign that no other being actually exists here except for us. And these other emanations of God are simply trying to reflect to us our own choices and decisions of how and whom we want to embody. And in the subtle cues, we are actually um, reflecting to them only that which they need to see and vice versa. And so when you get to that depth of understanding how reality is populating itself so majestically, it's like, wait, my actions are really only going to be filtered through their biases that are serving them on remembering themselves to the highest degree and vice versa. And so while, you know, you were touching on boundaries, it's like, you know, boundaries are kind of a clue into that experience, but I call it the game of mirrors actually is really, there doesn't need to be any boundary per se, when you are serving yourself, the reminder that everybody is um, playing in your game of mirrors and reflecting to you that which is going to serve your remembrance of yourself as an infinite limitless divine being. So it all comes together. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, this is where it depends on where we're at on our soul journey in human form, because, you know, I now still get triggered in moments. I still have my wounds at moments, but right. I know how to move through it and I know how to work it out with self first before unleashing onto the outside world so that I can Mm -hmm. then be in how is this serving me? How is this serving the other individual with also that conscious understanding of I am that person, that person is me as one true source consciousness. So it's multifaceted because if you're not ready to hold that frequency yet, it can be confusing. Like, what do you mean? This person Mm -hmm. did do this thing to me. And yes, Mm -hmm. that may be true. Right. And it's all for our evolution and right. Like can you be in that and work with that and be in the form and feel it and meet it to transmute mm-hmm. it so then you can still hold that vision of that truth that so many of us are feeling and and so you're inspiring to me right cuz i I'm, I'm still the same soul when i came into this human form pretty sure and i've dealt <laughs> with a lot of fear of of my spiritual leadership and expressing in this way and having the masses of of collective consciousness not truly understanding it yet and moving through the fear of being seen in this way and being visible in this way. And so thank you, right? Like this is where clearly that's much of your medicine is like being Mm -hmm. so sovereign and not being attached to the emotions and the wounding and all of those things that that previous soul had come in with. And that, that, that feel, it's just like, that feels like you're such a, a 
you're holding the codes of here's what it means to be in your body, to also be connected, to feel free and liberated within, right? To still mm-hmm. honor our humanness and connect with Gaia and all of those mm-hmm. things. And, and so it's it's fascinating to me um, the more that yeah. I speak with you. I, I want to share a key about what you just kind of t- touched into because I think that the um, key of intent is really powerful to weave more understanding when the challenging experiences come up. Um, I teach that there's really like three ways to know that trauma is being interacted with in your experience is if you're reacting to something, if you are rejecting something or you're apathetic to something, that means that something that somebody else is doing is talking to and interacting to your trauma inside of your experience. Now it's important in that moment to use the key of intent to go, okay, this other, what is their intent? Is their intent to hide from their own healing? Is their intent to push me away? Is their intent to cause me harm, right? That would be a good clue to understand how to navigate the experience. But when you use those three kind of codes to unpack like the awareness of, okay, am I reacting? Am I rejecting? Am I apathetic? And to what? And they will actually show you what part of that trauma is being activated based on what you're reacting to, what you are rejecting or what you're being apathetic to. And so in a way, they just gave you a clue. They just gave you a key to some trauma that's choosing to be activated at that time. Unless of course they're intending to harm you. And then you need to realize that this is a time to withdraw yourself from that circumstance because it's not going to serve you no matter what, right? So for me, the intent piece is a critical way to go, okay, I don't have to put myself through the mud and suffer and reactivate trauma right now because they're actually intending to hurt me. But if they're going through their own experience and it's activating these traumas within me, then we're actually serving each other. And this is an opportunity for me to grow. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of what I'm speaking to so, right. Like there are situations where there is abuse happening, where it's, there's places in the world where there's massive oppression still happening on the planet. Right. Mm -hmm. Like this is more speaking to like, right. Like when there is a text message that triggers you or you get a nasty gram email or somebody projects onto you or social media or somebody misunderstands you and your family, and it you we all know that feeling of contraction like this is the place to practice and through practicing there is when we can really start to hold okay i can love this person and see the love in them and love myself and also know that they're operating from a wound and i don't get to participate in that and and that comes yeah, and it doesn't mean that you have to tolerate it by any exactly. means. It doesn't mean like, oh, because you're getting the gifts from it, that tolerance is necessary or, you know, any of that. We're, we're not saying that. Absolutely no to tolerance. But it is saying in the worst that happens to us, there is always gold. Always, always. And so whether it be in real time when you're learning the experience or it be years, months or decades later, it's just important to realize that that is the actual deepest um, uh, experience of love to know that we have the capacity to come to earth and the experience with the depth of forgetting that we do of our own true nature and choose to go through this adventure with perfect mirrors 
surrounding us in every moment to allow us to realize ourselves back into that full divine light at all costs. Yeah. Totally. That's true love. Yeah. And I think about like, I've had clients in, you know, domestic abuse situations, right? And it's just like, once they're able to have the courage to leave, right? And what they do with that experience on the other side, like they wouldn't truly be able to hold in their experience the frequency of of that catalytic, courageous Mm-hmm. like energy, right? Where it's like full responsibility, full acceptance and full being in your sovereign. No. And then mm-hmm. how their life transforms on the other side, whether that be turns into their service work or it just becomes an emanation of their auric field and how they carry themselves. So yes, like mm-hmm. this is absolutely right. Like you are the only one that knows what situations yeah. are toxic healthy, get to remain, not get to remain. And we're just speaking to, it doesn't matter what it is. Ultimately, multidimensionally, it's all happening for our evolution. And it's all initiating that next Mm. iteration of who we came here to be on this planet. Would you, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And I also, you know, want to acknowledge, like, think about who, that soul believed and knew themselves to be when they designed their life experience to have that depth in it is that is a deep act of love as like, imagine being faced with the decision to experience great suffering with the belief that they have the capacity to transmute ancestral trauma or stop a lineage of abuse that's happened for centuries and all the like, like those hearts and those souls are just beyond fathoming of the beauty um, that they trusted themselves and love themselves enough to know that they have the capacity to work um, in that way. in this life experience, yeah. yeah, it just brings me to tears really. Right. Cause it's like that universal law of direct proportion, right? It's like to that degree in which we can transmute and, and right. It's like, that's the degree of like everything that we get to call in. Right. I feel like if we're just at baseline and we're just apathetic going through the motions in the monotony, Mm -hmm. that's really all we're going to get. And so I'm Mm -hmm. now, even though of course, when I'm in it, I'm not like, hell yeah, but I Mm -hmm. now have enough evidence throughout essentially every decade of my life, near-death experience, debilitating health, chronic health issues, losing a best friend in a car accident, dark nights of the soul, right? It's like, I'm now like, holy cow, if I didn't have those things that happen in my human experience, I would not be here with you right now having this conversation, I can assure you. Exactly, exactly. So now all of that has become the gold and the shining beauty of your soul's remembrance. Like it just is awe. Wow. Like that felt so, like I just felt a softening of just like, yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Well, I want to hear, well, now because I'm looking at the initial reach out near-death experience from soul-shifting motorcycle accident, literally (laughs) (laughs) soul-shifting. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) And, 
you know, I love to travel. I've been on some sacred soul pilgrimage trips. I've, I've been all over the world and, and I'm moving right now. And so I feel very connected to different ley lines and where I'm meant to end up. And you spent many years with indigenous cultures traveling all over the world. So I would love to know, well, first I want to ask, like, I want to get in there for a minute. Like, did you, was there a disorientation or a, and, or a confusion and, and, or did you just know, like, once you were in this body now that you were meant and destined to go on this pilgrimage and meet with all of these indigenous tribes and connect mm-hmm. with mother earth during that mm-hmm. sabbatical? Yeah. Great question. Uh, the first couple of years was kind of just learning the game of life. Right. So like you get zapped in midstream, people tell you all the things they're like, this is your life. This is your job. This is what you're doing. This is who, you know, this is who you don't know. And you're like, okay. And you're kind of just, you know, accepting your reality as it's given to you. Right. And so I learned over time that I was actually closing some timelines in the agreement that I had contracted with Alana. So my trip to New York, my conclusion of her degree and all these other achievements that she was looking for, you know, I did. And the minute that I closed all of those contracts with her, the whole game shifted, everything changed. And that's when I extracted myself from New York City and began kind of the more soul discovery journey. But what's interesting is when I first embarked on that journey, I felt the energy of a tourist on earth. So it was almost as though, you know, I know other star seeds feel this energy of like, I don't belong. I don't know what this is all about. I'm not supposed to be here and all the like. And it wasn't until I met this individual uh, in a Lakota ceremony that he actually reached out kind of the olive branch and, and said, like, we've been waiting for the star people and we want you to be here. And that was the first time that I truly felt allowed to acknowledge and accept myself here on earth. Because before that I had this kind of, okay, just keep your mouth shut, respect the traditions and don't intervene. Right. And I think that that in itself is a huge trauma from all of the generations of, you know, wrong relation to these beautiful indigenous cultures. And so instead of ignoring that responsibility, it was so beautiful when I received that invitation, because then I felt permitted to then reunite with creating the right relations, the right honor, respect, inquiry, mutual creation for all of these practices, uh, traditions, and ceremonies that I have just felt so deeply honored to participate in. And I really do feel grateful to share that with everybody today because there is a lot of ceremony tourism and disrespect that is continued. And it's really triggering for me when I witness it. But that being said, that doesn't mean that we're all an ocean of bad eggs. I do believe and have witnessed a large community of people who are helping to reactivate the right relations. And so Um, I know more and more that that has become a part of my mission, which I believe also is a little bit of something tied over from the original Alana because she grew up in Hawaii. And so a lot of that narrative and that remembering is present in, in their culture because that's a culture that needs respect. That's a culture that needs to be honored. That's a, a wound that's so fresh 
that it it's so ripe and present in the field when people go there literally as tourists. And so there's so much about that that I believe is still in my field and like carrying over as part of my divine mission in um, continuing to open doors to have right relation in these ceremonies and these earth practices, because we are all children of Gaia, but we also have a lot of healing to do um, to allow everybody to be back in that celebration and the basking of her gifts. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I generally share about when it's like, everything can become a vice or like that, right. Mm -hmm. It's like the shadow that starts to like permeate, right. When something becomes mainstream and it really does like start to dilute, um, the, yeah, like the medicine, right. Of, for example, Mm -hmm. these specific locations in the world. You know, it's funny. I have a connection with Hawaii as well. And I went twice in one year and some of my deepest activations were held on the big island of the root chakra island of Hawaii. And, Mm -hmm. and so this is that piece where even just you, like the relatability of you being like, this triggers me, right? Because it's like, there's med, like there's, of course, a tied directly to your soul mission. So, right. It's like, how can we be in right relationship? How can we right? Like create solutions. Cause when we're in our wound, we can't create solutions and we can't heal something at the level of consciousness that it was created at. And so that's the deep work that I'm, that I'm hearing from you and where, you know, I do see people who are like, have a deep reverence for indigenous cultures and for the plant medicines and, and, and like, and just seeing, right, because there's so much of the collective in the wound, just noticing and witnessing the backlash that's happening. And, and like, again, having the courage to still keep forging and to keep meeting yourself with like all of those emotions and all of those feelings and all of that hurt of being misunderstood and continuing to say yes, because the truth is, is I, I remember watching the documentary, The Last Shaman, and and there was a little mm-hmm. glimpse in there around, you know, especially in a lot of these cultures where, right, it's like, this is what feeds, what this is what feeds their families in a lot of ways. And just seeing mm-hmm. what the colonization has done to some of these, um, these practices and these, these sacred rituals and and so it's mm-hmm. it's something that I'm still like I'm almost just observing and just seeing like wow there's a lot to uncover here and just seeing the wounds in action and and just like almost observing like I don't know if this is my journey but I can see it mm-hmm. and I can feel it and I have so much compassion and reverence and just that curiosity mm-hmm. piece feels important um, mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that all kind of points to a stewardship, which is like probably one of the biggest missions here on earth and mass is stewardship of our mother, stewardship of each other, stewardship of, you know, the gifts that are here, the resources, the relationships, like we are in that era of stewardship. And I think that we're really able to look at it from the degree to which is necessary for us to persist in this adventure here on earth. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and I would love your thoughts on this because I've always felt like this deep level of compassion for beings. And it's like, I can see why they voted for this party. I could see why it's like, I'm like, I feel like I can just 
I can just feel people and, and like have this understanding of their wounds and like why they're so holding on to this one belief system and, and like, right. This to me, it feels like the unhealed masculine that's rooted in like fear, shame, and guilt and like what the collective is perpetuating. And mm-hmm. I feel that this is going to continue to be part of my work is especially with the podcast is I was just chatting with someone who is working with plant medicines in the, in, in the Christian institution and like flipping that on its head. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so curious. Like I don't identify as a Christian anymore. I was raised Catholic and yet I'm so connected to the resonance of Yeshua and like really doing deep healing around the church and how I grew up and what I was told to believe in by society. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, if I didn't do that work, I wouldn't be able to have these conversations with people who are doing things differently. And again, taking the risk and going first and saying, Hey, this is how we're healing this institution. And this is what we're doing about it. And this is how we're healing ourselves. Again, even Mm -hmm. if I don't understand it all or wouldn't like necessarily subscribe to it, it's like, wow, this is what we're cultivating here. Like we have groupings of people who behind closed doors are really in massive experimentation and exploration of healing and of connecting with source. And people are still afraid to talk about it. And that's what I feel this platform will continue to support is can we just start to have the conversation and just be like, here I am. This is what I'm doing. You don't have to come over here yet, but I'm feeling amazing and I'm feeling lighter and I feel more serenity inside. So if you're curious, you can come over here. (laughs) Totally. So, I mean, this is such a broad, you know, swath that we just uncovered here, but I'm going to propose something out of left fields because let's do it. Uh, I think it will serve the the broadest kind of uh, shake up. So when I was sharing earlier, how we are the only person inside of our reality, right? There's actually a divine precision to that because a lot of us, when we get kind of stuck in the earth narrative, we kind of like hold the earth stuff with us as it's ours, because in the third dimensional way, we're, we're thinking if I'm not doing anything about it, then I'm agreeing to it. Right. Mm, yeah. And while that can be true as free will to participate or not participate is a part of everybody's soul journey, the participation can actually happen on multiple dimensions. Right. So for those of us, who can pull in those higher vibrations that just simply say, when you're ready, come be with us. When you're ready, come be with us. When you're ready, this is here. This is here. We appreciate honor and respect your free will on your soul journey in that darkness, please. As everybody is playing their facet of the mirror of the immaculateness of the free will story. And that From the perspective of the the divine, the love and unconditional nature of the experience is the same for the persons in in the highest vibration, you know, Christ consciousness or anything of the like, and the person who is in their darkest evil to the divine, that love available to them is unconditional, right? And so that's what I believe is my chosen approach is as my life calls me to play and participate, I I want to become a beacon to present other options 
should those souls choose to come this way, but I will not engage in a war energy that something needs to be one or anything of the like, because that I believe uh, invokes duality, right? So for me, it's like every soul life that we can impact, inspire, and elevate just simply through demonstrating what choices are available to them, I think has a profound nodal effect where it's just just making invitation, invitation, energy, invitation, energy, invitation, energy, play energy, you know, deconstruction of fear energy, as opposed to this warriorship have to overtake and infiltrate energy. That's their game. That's not our game. Right. And so I like to look at this project from a different light where it's like, I know the war is already won. And of course the light will always win. But what are the different ways to really entertain the game of life and its perfection as each story is unfurling in exactly as the soul has chosen to do? And that to me is made possible because I've journeyed to the end of time multiple times to see how it ends up. Mm -hmm. And every time it is as profoundly beautiful as you could imagine. And so that trust and developing that relationship with that time and place is what activates and empowers me for every challenging step along the way. Yes. Don't you love the synchronicities? Uh, I was just actually <laughs> recording a podcast with another sister yesterday, and we talk about leadership and how, again, the masses want to tell you how to lead. And then there's projections. Like I've gotten it on social media. Like you didn't speak up about this. Therefore, you're not, you're contributing to the problem. Therefore, you're condoning this behavior. How dare you? You have this many followers and you have this responsibility. And I -hmm. just feel like so deeply in my heart that that was so much, there was so much medicine there for me to just tune, attune to which is connected Mm -hmm. to one of my last questions for you is like, what is my way to lead? And there's so many different ways that we lead. And there's so many different ways. Your way of leadership, if you're listening, could simply be, you know, honoring yourself and healing yourself and learning to feel again and, you know, learning to remember and saying yes and allowing your family and your children to receive that and to heal your your fractal lineage it may be turning this into a massive platform and being seen in big ways it may, it may be somewhere in between it may be you just being so full of compassion and love and laughter that every stranger that you meet at the grocery store feels that and it's infectious and I feel like I've been calling in people because for so long I felt like I was in isolation because I felt so misunderstood. And I'm like, like, my, mm-hmm. like it's this, this, this like remembrance of like, oh my gosh, I feel like I had to go at it alone to like really be grounded in who I am and how I came here mm-hmm. to serve. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many of us and we've all been doing it and like in our own little vortexes and now we're coming together. (laughs) I mean, you're speaking on the um, inspiration for my community called the Mirror Dimension is really 
I got the opportunity to serve thousands of people. And in seeing a thousand different perspectives, I then felt like I moved miles forward on my energy practices and my energy awareness. And so what the primary mission that I propose is the life purpose of every being and is the relationship of love to the divine is know thyself. When you really like recognize, and this is what my belief is, is that the divine chose to come and be exactly you in your unique vibration this time around, the epiphany of your majesty is the greatest gift that you have to give back to the divine. And that relationship will show you how it wants to express itself as a divine being here on earth in this time. And that to me is the code and clue to all challenges and experiences is when you go down the thread and you keep deepening that relationship with yourself as that divine emanation, everything reveals itself to you. It's, it's in this way, it's in this language, it's in this style, it's in this timeline, it's in this energy, it's in this community. And just bask in that, bask in how beautifully you had already designed it before you came, right? Oh, so yummy. Yeah, I mean, it's, and this is where people will start to ask you, like, how is it that you have so much energy? Like you're in the middle of moving to a new state for the first time ever, and you've got all these things and you're growing your business and you're creating new offerings and you're taking care of your body. And it's like, because this very thing, like, it's like the momentum of the divine is, is like helping carry me. Right. I had like the whole weight of inertia, like keeping me stuck. And then when I finally started now, it's like, I don't know what's next yet. I trust Mm -hmm. because I know how to listen to my inner compass now, which leads me Mm -hmm. to a practical question for our community here. As we're talking about, right. Reading our reality, onboarding and activating our inner compass so that we can quicken the realization of our dreams. Like I know how I've done it for myself, but could you maybe give like one practical tool of how someone can start and then maybe start to share some of the ways that people can go deeper with you if they're feeling the call? Yeah. So I mean, the first step is definitely being in the mindset of the observer, because the example that you just shared of all of the different things that you have been uh, undertaking as of late, Right. There was probably preceded by a lot of assumptions of its difficulty, assumptions of its like treacherousness, assumptions of, and that can be what designs the experience around you if you come with that prejudice of what will transpire, right? So when we start with a lightness and a neutrality and we say, okay, I don't know if it's going to be difficult. I don't know if it's going to drain my energy. I don't know if it's going to be outside of my capacity. And you attune more into realizing and recognizing yourself as limitless in the present moment, because every individual is absolutely limitless in the present moment without question, right? And then that becomes your key where it's like, well, why am I choosing to solve problems that don't exist yet? Why am I choosing to project my future before it exists yet? And when you get to that neutrality of the observer in the neutral state in the center, you can start listening to your future self who will give you the best clues to do it to the highest. 
And that is where things get absolutely fun and exciting because your future self is like, if you want to become this, this is all I did. If you want to become this, this is all I did. This is all I needed to know. This is how I did it. And then you're just mining from that elated future state of what it is that you want to be. And you're not pulling that baggage. I like to call it drag, drag on your fields from your old stuff. You know, you have less drag when you have less old stuff deciding how something will be. And that's how you craft reality from neutrality. And you'll, you'll be shocked. Things that once were difficult become easy. Things that once were expensive become cared for. Things, everything is anew all the time as you are not giving the prejudice for it to be as it had, you know, predetermined itself to be in a past iteration. Because you're not the same person anymore. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the same person that I was before we entered this call, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, one piece, because this is my world that I want to support because I know much of this community, right? So if you're feeling that it's challenging to claim being the observer and claiming like, okay, I accept myself as limitless in this present moment. Mm -hmm. then I invite you to just feel what's coming up again, like the visceral, I mean, the amount of times that I like you sound and movement and I just like get the energy out because sometimes that's overpowering my ability to be the observer. And it can be Mm -hmm. so quick and so fast of just like, it could be a declaration. Like we did a an invocation before we started hitting record, right. Of like calling our mm-hmm. parts of ourselves back and just calling in our divine support team and letting go anything that is in our field that is not of highest good. So this is the practice of like, if you don't feel ready for that, cause sometimes I'm in my shit and I don't want to feel it. You know, mm-hmm. this is the key is like, do that first and then try it on and then watch your world transform around you. withholding the energy doesn't serve anybody. So witnessing it, allowing it to move a hundred percent, but also like prepare to be surprised. Prepare to be in awe of life. Exactly. (laughs) You, you don't know where you're going to take yourself, but I promise it's going to be profound. Yeah. (laughs) So you've already talked about your, it was, what was the container called? It was mirror. The mirror dimension. Yeah. So we're a group weekly gathering and pretty much, you know, everybody kind of speaks about their life experiences. They speak about what they're going through and people just get to witness uh, each other's transmutations and epiphanies so that, you know, by the end of the call, people who raise their hand in the beginning of the call go, I don't have to ask anything anymore because everybody that preceded me answered my questions. And that to me, I feel like is service to each other is we're not in it alone. We, there is community and support like us out there. We are holding each other and we are gathering together. And there's a little bit of medicine for everybody. It doesn't matter if you are in full enlightenment or you are just cracking the door on thinking differently about your life. Like there's a piece of the puzzle for everybody. And in light of that, know thyself you will know yourself as illuminated by the contrast of other people. So that's the design and purpose of the mirror dimension. I made it accessible to everybody because I just want everybody to flood together and serve each other. 
Um, and it's my highest honor. I've just witnessed so many miracles and just so much beauty and transmutation happening that I invite anybody who feels called to be supported in that way to come and be with us. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll make sure to include all the ways to, to get in touch with Alana in the show notes and the mirror dimension, but do you want to share maybe where you're, where you love to spend most of your time and how people can connect with you before we pop off? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I travel to Egypt sometimes in the year. I'm taking a lot of more global trips, but you know, the forest is a medicine place for me. I hope that a lot of people afford themselves that opportunity to unplug from, you know, the frenzy, um, as often as they can. And I just look forward to meeting and encountering everybody's medicine and magic. And it was such an honor to be here with you today and hear about your story and what you've, um, accomplished as of late. It was just an absolute honor and beauty. Mm, thank you. Yes. So I know that Alana's on some, some, uh, different apps on social media. We'll get her website. And if you want to check out the mirror dimension, I invite you to reach out to her and, and to explore. Yeah. Like we've got to do the work alone and we alone together. That's what's been coming. Yes. Right. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> like nobody can do the work for you, however, to be witnessed and to recognize how individuated we are and how connected we are at the same time is honestly what I believe is gonna just transform your world at quantum speed. So thank you, you my uh, beloved soul sister. I'm so, I feel so connected to everything that you shared. And I, I'm, I'm grateful that you and your team reached out and excited for this to, uh, to serve, to serve the masses through the ethers of technology. (laughs) Always the ethers. Yes. Love. Thank you for hosting this beautiful community and being such a fantastic steward to so much transformation energy. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And definitely reach out to Alana and myself. Let us know what ahas and breakthroughs and epiphanies are happening. And we'll catch you next week for another episode of Soul Shine Radio. Much love. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you so much for your presence and contribution in tuning in today. If you found value from this episode, I invite you to take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram. You can tag me at Lindsay Martin Ellis. I always love hearing from you. So I invite you to send me a love note via direct message and share your experience and ahas. Also, I have a beautiful free offering for you if you have not already taken advantage of my free quiz to discover your unique soul's blueprint so that you can activate your feminine frequency and embody more of you. You can find the link below in the show notes. And lastly, I invite you to leave a rating and review if any of my content in these podcast episodes resonates. This is the best and most effective way to support this podcast in reaching more people awakening around the globe. You can simply leave a quick review to share what you love most about my teachings and how this has impacted your life. Thanks again so much for being here from the bottom of my heart. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Soulshine Radio. Sending so many love and blessings. <laughs>